Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S. and I am a recovered compulsive reader from Toronto, Canada. Today is Tuesday, September 5th, and we are reading from the big book on page 92, the second paragraph, continue to speak of alcoholism through two paragraphs ending what your own convictions are and commenting on both. Today's readers are... For the 12 Steps, Liz V, 12 Traditions, Mary G, and readers of the text are Cecilia H, Lisa H, and Roz R. The reference numbers for Monday, September the 4th, 7 a.m. meeting, 10387, and the 10 a.m. meeting, 10358. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive reader who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Liz V to read the 12 steps. Hi, it's Liz V, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. May I be heard? Yes. Great. Here are the steps. One. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, We tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks. I pass. Thank you, Liz V. And Mary G. will read the 12 traditions. 
Hi, this is Mary G. from Rochester, New York, Recovering Compulsive Overeater. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only recovery requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks for letting me serve. Thank you, Mary G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive readers only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our big big book study. We're on page 92, the second paragraph, continue to speak of alcoholism through two paragraphs ending with what your own convictions are and commenting on both. And I will ask Liz, sorry, Cecilia H. to start reading for us. Good morning. This is Cecilia H. from Pittsburgh. I'm a compulsive overeater, grateful for my daily reprieve. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Continue to speak of alcoholism as an illness, a fatal malady. Talk about the conditions of body and mind which accompany it. Keep his attention focused mainly on your personal experience. Explain that many are doomed who never realize their predicament. Doctors are rightly loath to tell alcoholic patients the whole story unless it will serve some good purpose. But you may talk to him about the hopelessness of alcoholism because you offer a solution. 
You will soon have your friend admitting he has many, if not all, of the traits of the alcoholic. If his own doctor is willing to tell him that he is alcoholic, so much the better. Even though your protege may not have entirely admitted his condition, he has become very curious to know how you got well. Let him ask you that question, if he will. Tell him exactly what happened to you. Stress the spiritual feature freely. If the man be agnostic or atheist, make it emphatic that he does not have to agree with your conception of God. He can choose any conception he likes, provided it makes sense to him. The main thing is that he be willing to believe in a power greater than himself and that he live by spiritual principles. When dealing with such a person, you had better use everyday language to describe spiritual principles. There is no use arousing any prejudice he may have against certain theological terms and conceptions about which he may already be confused. Don't raise such issues, no matter what your own convictions are. Um, For me... I've been in program now 30 years, and it's definitely a fatal malady. I was headed for suicide, and I'm very grateful that I found program in time and that I've been willing to work the program in the past 30 years and to live um, by spiritual principles and to believe in a conception of a higher power. Um, For me, the program boils down to the three principles of um, trust God, clean house, and give service. And the idea of trusting in a higher power has been one of the most difficult things for me to learn and to implement in the 30 years that I've been in program. I don't have a, a conception of God that is the same as the one that I had when I was a child or even as a young adult. As I've grown in program, my concept of God has changed, and I've had to really work hard to learn how to trust in that higher power. It's not something that comes easily. It's something that I have to decide to do every single day. And when I'm doing my 11th step in the morning, that's something that I actually write in my journal. Today I choose to trust God. And I trust God more than I trust the food. When I first was a young person and relying on food to get me through some tough situations in life, I trusted the food. But I've come over the years to learn how to trust God more than the food, and I'm really, really grateful to program for that. I pass. Thank you for your service. Thank you, Cecilia H. We'll now open up the floor for sharing. And if I could ask, please, that you just say your name once. That helps me KDG. get everybody down. Sorry, Lynn. Katie G from Boston. I got you, Katie. Thanks. Who else would like to share? Harlan G. Lisa B. Barbara E. from New Jersey. Anyone else? Lauren N. Lauren N. Gotcha. Ellen C.G. Ellen, was that Ellen? Ellen C.G. Ellen C.G. Okay. Thank you. Jackie B. from the Bronx. Okay, let's go with that lineup. We have Katie G., Harlan G., Lisa B., Barbara E., Lauren N., 
Ellen C. G. and Jackie B. Katie G., can you start us off, please? Hi, Lynn. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Good morning, guys. Lynn, thanks for your service. Thank you for everyone. It's Katie G., Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic and Bulimic, and um, really grateful for people who stress the spiritual feature freely to me. Um, I had people in program approach me who um, did talk about religious convictions, um, and it really it did turn me off. And thank God that we have these principles that I was I was redirected right because, you know, the minute I heard God, I was like, mm, I'm done. And um, what was so great for me is, you know, I can be very windy. I know that's shocking, but I get in. I want to get into all these intellectual ideas. Who is God? The only way I can, you know, trust God is if I understand Him. Me, in my little peon brain that's using food as a solution and bulimia as a solution, thinks that I need to understand God. And someone's unmuted. That I need to understand God in in order to trust Him. You know, and all I knew, because I came in here and I fought you and I fought the disease for a very long time. I don't know why I fought you. You guys weren't fighting me back, but I decided to fight you. And, you know, I got to the point where I was so brutalized that all I knew was that there was something out there. And at times, I didn't even know. All I knew was that what I was doing wasn't working. And yeah, of course I could live by spiritual principles. Like I knew that's what I'd been trying to do for years and years and years. And, you know, for me, um, my, my coming to believe in a power greater than myself has evolved. And it hasn't evolved because I now understand God better. It's because I understand myself I understand the spiritual principles, and I have been open to, you know, I'm quick to see where religious people are right. I make use of what they offer. I use the steps as a guiding principle in my life, and the need to understand and nail down a God so I can trust him has 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 gone away. So I'm not, you know, when I when I talk about God, I, I'm not afraid to talk about God. In fact, I frequently say to people, look, I didn't come in here looking for God, just like I didn't come in here to round my life out with a little bit of over ears anonymous. Like, I had plenty of other things that my ego wanted me to do, right? But I was doomed. I had no other place to go. And all I knew, again, was that what I was doing wasn't working. So I came in here, I heard, I listened, I followed directions, and that's what continues to help me on a daily basis, is not getting into any theological arguments. It's trusting God, you know, seeing, living by my spiritual principles and, you know, staying clean and helping others. And I'm just so grateful for the wisdom of this book and for the wisdom of all you guys who are my teachers. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Harlan G., it's your turn, and Lisa B., you'll be next. Thank you, and, and thank you to Team Monday. Thank you for your service to everybody making this magnificent meeting possible. What I'm being called back to here is page 60, the ABCs. A, that we were compulsive overeaters and could not manage our own lives. That the allergy of the body and the twist of the mind are immutable that they are as permanent as earth and the water itself and the sky above, that they will never change because of something. They will never change 
because Joe got a job or Fred shut up or Mary jumped out the window. It, it, nothing is going to change the fact that I'm a compulsive overeater. What is a compulsive overeater? It is a person that has an allergy of the body, an actual physical craving for more of the same once certain foods or amounts are ingested into my body, and a twist of the mind seeking what Dr. Silkworth calls the effect. The effect is the sense of ease and comfort that comes instantly by eating certain foods. B, that probably no human power could have relieved our alcohol. Money won't do it. Poverty won't do it. Being tall won't do it. Being short won't do it. Nothing that is of this earth is going to change anything in the equation. See that God could and would if he were sought. What is God? I don't know what you think when you conjure up the word God. I don't know what the person sitting next to me on the boat thinks when we conjure up the word God. But what I know about God is two things. There is one, and it's not me. God is so huge that I cannot understand him, and he has to be huge and alive in my mind because that's the only way he can be big enough to solve my problem. If I could understand him, he probably wouldn't be infinite enough to drag me out of the muck of this illness. This disease is mind over matter. It doesn't mind killing me, and I don't matter. This disease emasculated me. It dragged me through pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. It altered the course of every dream and aspiration I ever had. It threw me into mud that I didn't want to be in. And I kept adjusting my goals to meet my failing behaviors. And through it all, I got fatter and fatter and fatter and fatter. I was 335 pounds as a senior in high school and graduated college close to 600 pounds and got bigger than that. There is only one force in this universe that I must seek with every breath I take, and that is the power greater than myself. And for 18 and a half years, I have not compulsively overeaten, and I have done so happily. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Harlan G. Lisa B., you're up, and Barbara E., you'll be next. Good morning, this is Lisa B., a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and thank you for your service. There's four wonderful days um, that I wanted to talk about my experience with a vision for you. The first day is the day someone told me about a vision for you, and I knew in my heart, oh my gosh, I need to get on that line. The second most wonderful day is the day I introduced myself as a newcomer, even though I was so scared. The third wonderful day is the day that the person that was to become my um, big book guide, my sponsor, um, took me under her wing. And, uh, well, first, you know, she was one of the people that called me to welcome me. And, you know, even though I was walking around with tombstones in my eyes, 
and I had been for many years um, from this illness, this fatal illness that goes underground, and I uh, wasn't dying, you know, physically, and I looked very healthy, but spiritually, oh my gosh, mentally, emotionally, I was so dead, and when she called, I heard something in her voice, and because she's armed with facts about herself and this illness, that denial in me started to get punctured a little bit, you know. And at first I thought, what is she going to tell me that I I don't already know because I've been around the 12-step rooms for so many years. But she had something different. She told me exactly what happened to her. She just shared her stories. And I could hear that she had a solution. And I did say to her, well, what happened to you? And she told me. She did talk about the spiritual um, part of this program, which I've known because I've known about the 12 steps, but you know what? I've been asleep. I've never really, I've never woken up to really what these 12 steps are about. Um, so then the fourth most wonderful day for me is the day that I was recovered. And my sponsor always told me, you'll know when you're recovered. I won't tell you when you're recovered. You will know. And I called her and I was experiencing the promises. And then I started working with others. So when I share with people I just share what happened to me, what the food was like, what the spiritual malady was like, because that's so much of my story. The emotional pain um, is so much of my story. And the denial, you know, because I looked okay physically and that I didn't um, sound as bad as maybe some other people, but that's this illness. It waits. It's very patient and it waits. So um, it says that the main thing is that he be willing to believe in a power greater than himself and that he live by spirit, be willing to live by spiritual principles. And, you know, what I always have to realize is that I'm an agent of my higher power. I, I am the agent, and I pray before I talk to newcomers. And I, well, I pray all the time, but I pray for guidance, that God would speak through me that I get out of the way, that I just be willing to carry the message. Show me how to most effectively carry this message. What is it I can share that will be helpful? And, you know, I have to remember that someone that is not willing to recover, they can have the very best sponsor in the whole world, and they won't. But someone that wants to recover can have, like, the most ineffective sponsor, and they will recover. It's, it's not up to me. I just carry the message. So with that, I pass. And thank you, Lisa B. Barbara E., it's your turn. And Lauren N., you'll be next. Barbara E., I be heard Lauren. Oh, there okay. you are. Hi. I am, yes, I thought I was unmuted. This is Barbara E. in New Jersey. Ah, when I came into OA 21 years ago, I was hopeless. I've been on so many diets before and dieted myself down, but always gained my way back. I felt I had a PhD in dieting, but when I came in, I heard that this was different. This kind of program was different. It said I had an allergy of the body and a mental twist of my mind. And a person who has this allergy or craving and mental twist, uh, it all comes when I eat a certain kind of things, they were telling me, a certain kind of thing to excess, and I had to identify it. And what did I get from it when I ate like that? I got a sense of calmness, relief from anger, relief from boredom, relief from being spirited, 
I can't be any of those things while I'm stuffing my face. But afterwards, how did I feel? I blamed myself for everything. This is what I share with prospects. I would always eat like a lady in front of you with my finger, my little pinky in the air. But when I was home, I don't know if you're old enough to remember this, I would do the Hoover maneuver. This is what I would tell people. I would vacuum up everything I could find in the house, whether I liked it or not, um, especially in the dead of night. I developed massive, massive vacuuming techniques, all with food. And I found that it was, this is no longer true today in 2017. I came to OA because I saw that the progress of the people in OA seemed to be focused on a physical and a spiritual aspect. And I knew without something radically different, I would be doomed. Whether it was today or tomorrow, I would be doomed. Now, the person I speak to may not be ready to admit his or her condition, but hopefully might be curious enough to know why it worked for me and why it failed me time after time, but not now. I found I needed more than arrogant self-reliance. I certainly felt like I needed to do the work, as was said weeks ago, a farmer can't just pray for the crops to be tilled, pray for the crops to be watered. He actually has to do it. He certainly can pray for good weather and relief from hurricanes or storms, but the work has to be done, and that was the work that had to be done for me. Willing, curious, honest, and grateful. Thank you. I pass. Have a blessed day, everyone. Thank you, Barbara E. Lauren N., it's your turn. And Ellen C.G., you're up next. Lynn, thank you. This is Lauren N. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. For so many years, yeah, sorry. For so many years, I have felt that... um, that God was in my um, place of worship and that I, without that place of worship, I could not experience a God. And thank, thank God, today I realize that God is within me, is within the weather, within the clouds, within the sun, the sky. God is around me at all times. God has me enveloped in a way that I used to think Fluffernutter had me. I used to think that cake and candy was my God. Money was my God. Possessions were my God. And today I realize that God has my back and is with me. All I have to do is reach my hand out. 
And when I do, I feel so much better. Sometimes in this disease, I forget to reach out. Whether it's to others or to my God. But when I'm able to remember, my life is so full. And as the promises say, I'm able to live one day at a time in complete serenity. And not be that crazy person I generally lived in. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lauren N. Ellen C.G., it's your turn. And Jackie B., you'll be next. Good morning. May I be heard? Yes, thank you. Great. This is Ellen C.G. Um, I'm a recovering compulsive overeater in Kannapolis, North Carolina. And the one thing I have to remember is that I carry a message. And the message is the life that I've lived. And the message is recovery from that life. And the beautiful thing about being a compulsive overeater is that we recognize one another. Um, I remember my first meeting so long ago, and I remember Tim, and I remember how Tim told his story, and I remember feeling like I'd finally come home, that finally there was somebody out there that understood what was going on in my crazy head, that I wasn't a bad person. I had an illness. But the thing I have to remember as a compulsive overeater is that I'm not bringing Ellen when I share my story, my experience, my hope with other people. I am bringing program, and it's not my program. It's the program. And that is the greatest gift that I offer somebody else. I'm not the higher power. I'm not God. I am just a fellow sufferer that one day at a time, based on fit spiritual condition and the steps, offers an existence and a life I couldn't imagine and they can't imagine either. It's working the steps, getting out of my selfishness, and being willing to serve. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Ellen C.G. And Jackie B., it's your turn. Hi, I'm Jackie B. I'm from the Bronx. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, Everybody shared my story. I am so grateful. I'm not alone. Um, Been in program over 25 years, and what I highlighted was tell him exactly what happened to you. Stress the spiritual feature. If the man is agnostic or atheist, make it emphatic that he does not have to agree with your concept of God. The main thing is that he is willing to believe in a power greater than himself and that he believes that he lives by a spiritual principle. Um, For me, 
You know, it's funny. Um, I today work my program understanding about the illness, um, the ingredient, the food ingredients that cause that when I ingest it, it causes me to crave and want and obsess mentally. And once I took that out, that factor, my world opened up. Now, it's not that I didn't recover before. It's just that this time, when I took that factor out, I could hear what is really going on, that I was selfish, I was manipulative, I wanted everybody to make me feel safe, I, I want, I want, I want, I want. I need, I need, I need. And today, I am, okay, the food and everything is down. Now, what do I have to do to recover every single day? I have to be of service. I have to remind myself that my actions have to be of sincerity and integrity. So if I share my story, if I share how I recovered this time in my program, that is what I can offer to somebody. I can't, there's sometimes I get sponsors that tell me, well, I need to do it this, this, this way because they hear it so many other ways on the, on the line or whatever. And I said, listen, I'm sorry, I can't give you what you're asking me. I can only tell you what I've done. Time for you. Oh, thank you. And I'll end here. And you know what? I can give you what I have. And if you want to elaborate, we can. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie B. For those of us who might have just joined us, we're on page 92, the second paragraph. Continue to speak of alcoholism through two paragraphs, ending with what your own convictions are and commenting on both. And who would like to share? Janice M. Okay, and I'll tell you who I did here, and then we can go up, uh, get some more. I heard Janice M, Larry K, and Melissa. Who else was there, please? Jody EQ. Okay, let's go with this lineup. I'm sorry, I know I missed people, but this is what I have so far. Janice M, Larry K, Melissa, Leah M, Nessa R, and Jody EQ. So, Janice, would you like to start us off, please? Sure would. Thank you, Lynez. This is Janice M, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Yeah, these are very specific instructions, especially if you're new um, and, um, you know, you're afraid. It tells us, continue. Continue means you've already talked a little bit about yourself. Now continue even more before we talk about the spiritual solution. So what it says is continue to talk. That means I might go over and say, um, you know, they hear all the time in the meeting, the allergy of the body and the uh, obsession of the mind. I might say, you know, what it means to me, the allergy of the body means to me that, you know, once, this is my experience, once I started eating, or indulging in an eating behavior, I couldn't stop. I got uncontrollable cravings. That's what the allergy means. 
this is if you knew, and this is what I explained. Then the mental obsession meant and means that I can't stop from starting because my mind is overpowered. I'm powered by the, the, the substance and gives stupid reasons, and we know what they are. For going back, oh, I stood up, it didn't count. Oh, I, I, you know, I've been, I've been, uh, I, I diet and I'm fine, but then I go back. You see, it's a vicious cycle I went through. I would eat, I would decide to eat, then I would decide not to eat, then it would make me eat again, and then not eat. I couldn't stop once I started, and I couldn't stop from starting again. Therefore, I found out I, I was baffled. I was powerless. How, how, how can this happen? So I, I discovered when I, you know, kept coming to OA in this group that I was a compulsive eater because I was completely powerless over certain foods and behaviors. Um, you know, you may not be like me, I would say, but I found that I was powerless. And then, you know, point out that the real problem is in the mind. And, you know, sane people, sane people don't do these things. They find out it's bad, so they stop. Not me. But I want to tell you, today I don't do those things. I don't have uncontrollable cravings, okay? I don't want them. I know what's bad for me so I don't indulge. I'm freed from the mental obsession. Now I feel sane when it comes to that. And I, you know, and then they may say, well, how did you do it? How did that happen? Then I go into the spiritual solution. And I, I'm very blunt with it. Very, very blunt. Uh, I get a power higher than myself. I thank God from the result of these steps, I got a spiritual awakening. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means that my attitude is different. My thinking is different. And uh, with that, I will pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice M. Larry Kay, it's your turn. And Melissa, you're up next. Good morning. Good morning, Larry Kay, uh, recovered compulsive overeater from Chicago. You know, the um, w- one of the things that I that I had heard um, early on that kind of resonated with me is to those who understand, no explanation is necessary, and to those who do not yet understand, no explanation is sufficient. And that really was the case for me because and it, it re- that message resonated with me because this is a program of experience. It doesn't matter who describes it to you. You can have the most articulate person describing what a spiritual awakening is like and how how that's worked in life in terms of this program and, and, and how they, uh, you know, experience, um, you know, what it was like with eating and how, it is, how it's like now. The, the, the thing is, is that you have to experience it. And in order to experience it, you have to trust. Trust is a big thing here. You have to trust in the process. Now, trusting in the process, you don't know what's going to happen. I didn't, nobody on this line knew what was going to happen. There's no way they could have known. How could they? What in their experience, what in their personal experience would have suggested that they would have had this transformation where food would no longer enslave them? among other things, right? So you have to experience it. And experiencing it is working the steps precisely and trusting in the process and understanding that you're never going to do it perfectly because you're human. Now, yes, you have to put your binge foods down, 100%. That's a given. 
And that's going to be scary because, wait, am I going to be able to do that? You just told me I'm powerless. You're not helpless. Who's going to put it down on your behalf? Of course you have to put it down. And then you're going to have to be willing to trust that you're going to go through uncomfortability and work through the steps precisely, following the instructions. And when you do, guess what you're going to experience? 100% of the time, you're going to have some sort of transformation if you follow the instructions precisely, you're going to have a transformation that one of the main things is this obsession, this mental twist, this, this thing that drives you back to the food again and again. It's going to be lifted. It's going to be eradicated, driven out. And I say that with complete conviction because it happened to me. I experienced it. And I'm not the only one on the line who's experienced it. Obviously, you hear it every day. But you've got to experience it yourself. And the spiritual awakening is a, is a, a bunch of different things. And, it, you know, among other things, as they say, the, the obsession to be driven out. But I've changed in so many other ways. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. But that I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. And Melissa, can we have the initial of your last name, please? You're up. And then Leah M., it's your turn. Hi, it's Melissa C., but you know what? I didn't speak up this morning, so as much as I want to take the turn, I think it was Nessa, actually, that you heard. Um, Thank you. Thank you, Melissa. Okay, Leah M., it's your turn, followed by Nessa R. Thank you very much, Lynn. Um. But you may talk to him about the hopelessness of alcoholism because you offer a solution. You know, I recall sitting across from someone in whom the problem had been solved. Um, I had been crushed by this illness. I was experiencing, um, you know, severe isolation, deep depression, suicidal thinking. Worst of all, I had no hope. I had no hope that anything would ever be different for someone like me. And, um, you know, he shared his experience, uh, allergy of the body, obsession of the mind. He was actually a recovered alcoholic, but it worked. <laughs> the substance may be different, but the experience was the same for someone like me. I had stopped thousands of times, much like him, uh, but I could never stay stopped. And the big book is offering a very specific technique here where We slowly turn the screws and aim to produce a crisis relating the seriousness of my own experience, not their experience, my own experience. And that's exactly what happened to me as I sat there across the table from someone who had a message of depth and weight that I had not heard in that way before. And there's a specific order here, right? talk about the conditions of body and mind, and then move into the spiritual. That's a hard lesson that was learned from Bill's own early efforts at 12-step work. Because at the end of, you know, six months of teaching and preaching to scores of men and pulling men off of bar stools by their uh, shirt collars and talking about spiritual principles, after six months, nobody sobered up. But once Dr. Silkwood 
suggested, hey, you know, give them the hard business first. Tell them about the allergy of the body. Tell them about the obsession of the mind. Tell them about the seriousness of the illness. And that's exactly uh, what occurred for someone like me. And I left that conversation with something I came in without. And that was hope. <laughs> I had no hope because my life was deteriorating faster than I could lower my standards. Um, and it was a message of hope. It was a message that uh, we could recover from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. I was also taught during that time a little ditty, and it goes as follows. You can't teach what you don't know, and you can't lead where you don't go. You can't be what you are not. And you can't give what you ain't got. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah M. Nessa R., it's your turn. And Jody E.Q., you'll be next. Hi, good morning, Lynn. This is Nessa R., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. So before I, I came to OA, I tried so many different things. Um, and of course, they didn't work or I wouldn't be here. Uh, but why didn't they work? You know, I went to experts, I went to doctors and nutritionists and exercise people and therapists, you know, but with all the expertise, um, I could always say, yeah, but you don't understand. And it is true, they didn't understand because they were not me, they were not addicts, they didn't know what was happening in my brain and they didn't even, even know what was happening in my body, no, but none of those experts told me about the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind, I could not relate to them and they could not relate to me. And so there was a big gap in credibility. So every time I said, yeah, but you don't understand, it was true. It was true. And I was, I was able to wiggle through um, all the loopholes so that whatever it is that they, the solutions that they gave me didn't work. So this is why we do things this way in program. This is why we talk about ourselves and the way we used to eat uh, when we meet a newcomer, you know, um, so that they understand that we understand, so that when we start talking about the nature of the disease, the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind, and more importantly, when we start talking about the solution to the disease, then we have the credibility so that they know um, that I've been where they've been, I've done what they've done. I've thought what they thought and that I understand. Uh, so that when they tell me, yeah, but, um, there's no yeah, but, because I've done them too. Uh, I am them and they are me. And this is why um, the, 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 we are instructed to proceed on 12 steps like this. First, turn them while it was light. You know, then we tell them about the disease itself and then the solution so that we can tell uh, them, yeah, there's no buts. If you are here and you want to recover, if you are like me, this thing will work for you if you do it. Um, and that is instant credibility right there. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Nessa R. And Jody EQ, it's your turn. Thank you. Good morning. This is you, gratefully recovered in uh, Virginia this morning. So this, this, um, this, these are specific instructions about how to 
speak to a possible sponsee. Jody, you're I, a bit wobbly. Can you maybe speak up or something? Maybe it's interesting. Be my location. That's okay. how's it? There we go. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. Okay. This is a specific introduction about how to speak to a prospective sponsee or protege. It's a good reminder for me because I am the type of compulsive overeater who was never very overweight. And my story is a little different perhaps from many people's. And I need to remember to tell my story, I think, to my prospective protégés. Typically, someone will call me because they've heard me on this line and they ask me to be their sponsor and they know nothing, they know very little about me. Um, could be they have 200 pounds to lose and I've, I've never been that heavy. So this is a good reminder for me to tell my story when someone asks me to be a sponsor to see if they can relate to me because I am a recovered bulimic anorexic type and a compulsive overeater who doesn't have that history may not really want my type of sponsor. So I'm going to um, start doing this and um, tell, tell my prospective protégés exactly my experience so they know up front. Um, I also like what it says about um, to not uh, talk about uh, God, perhaps in um, God language, be, be uh, sensitive to people who may bristle at that word. I don't have to use that word, although our 12 steps use it. But I can uh, speak in more general terms, perhaps, and just be sensitive to people who are maybe as I say, um, mm, uncomfortable with theological language. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jody E.Q. We have time for one last three-minute share. Julie, Who would like that spot? Carol A. Julie. Okay, I heard Julie M. Julie, would you like to go ahead, please? Yes. Hi. Good morning. This is Julie M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. Um, I want to comment on the line that says, if the man be agnostic or atheist, make it emphatic that he does not have to agree with your conception of God. Um, and that reminds me of page 12, Bill's story, when Abby has come to talk to Bill, and Bill is getting frustrated, or it says his old prejudice is coming up, um, because he can, it says, I could go for such conceptions as creative intelligence, universal mind, or spirit of nature, but I resisted the thought of the czar of the heavens. I completely relate with that and felt exactly the same way. And then it goes on to say, my friend suggested when then seemed, what then seemed a novel idea, he said, why don't you choose your own conception of God? That is probably one of my favorite lines in this book. And it makes me want to just about start crying because 
if it wasn't for that, I don't, I don't, I don't know what would have happened to me because it was so difficult for me to believe in God. I needed to have it be something else. I could understand that left to my own devices, I was completely at a loss. I knew that part. And so being told, you know, make up your own conception of God. It doesn't have to be anything you've ever heard of before saved my life. Um, And then down below it says, um, I stood in the sunlight at last. It was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. Nothing more was required of me to make my beginning. And, you know, I have worked with sponsees that are, that are like myself, have been atheist or agnostic, and it's really difficult for them to believe in something. Um, But all they have to do is believe in something that's not them. I like what I've heard before. I only need to know two things. There is a God and it's not me. Um, I used to not be able to say the word God. I, I could only say Mother Nature. That was the closest I could get. Now I can say God and it, it just means beauty and nature and universal connection basically for me. But one of my excuses for eating so much when I was younger was um, some trauma that I had suffered. And I used to think there can't be a God because if there's a God, God never would have let that happen to me. And if there's a God who let that happen, then I'm worth even less than I thought before. And I now believe that I've always had a higher power. I just didn't know how to connect. And so for me, that's something that's so important in this program is God will if I seek him. And that's the key for me is that I have to seek God. And it's not been an easy journey for me to do that. But I do believe in a power greater than myself. And I do seek that connection. And that is what saves me every single day. And with that, I'll pass. And thank you, Julia. Okay, thank you to everyone who shared today. And thank you for Team Tuesday, Liz V, Mary G, Cecilia H, Lisa H, and Roz R. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Tuesday, September the 5th, is 10391. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. And will Roz R. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Uh, Good morning. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Hi, this is Roz R. Recovered in Florida. Thank you for your service. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past and give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the the road to happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.